Hey y'all, welcome to the Marty Smith America podcast. This is volume 60 something. Travis knocking out big. Do you think it's 63? All right, 63, 64. That's a huge win for us. The fact that we've actually made it into the 60s is a remarkable feat. It might be historic. I'm proud of us. For a couple knuckleheads like us, we haven't done anything to make anybody mad just yet. That's pretty good. Let's see if we can keep it going though. We'll see if we can keep it going. And, uh, I had a big week, big, big early portion of this week, and that's why it's Wednesday before Travis and I have been able to sit down long enough to tape the Marty Smith's America podcast, volume 63 or 64. I was in Bristol, actually in studio on the ESPN campus, uh, got there Sunday evening and hosted college football live on Monday and Tuesday, and it was so dang fun. I got to spend each day with Emmanuel Acho and Jonathan Vilma, two of our tremendous analysts, college football analysts. They're both so smart. They both played at such a high level. Emmanuel at Texas, of course, Vilma at the U. Vilma, in my estimation, was part of the most talented collection of, of athletes in the history of college football. And Travis is smiling because why, Travis? That greatest collection ever a year later got beat by the Ohio State University. Indeed they did. Still not by over. a guy named Craig Krenzel, whom most of you probably have never heard of. Regardless, uh, it was awesome to spend those couple days with Acho and with Vilma and to learn their expertise. It's just so cool for me to be around guys who played at all and certainly that played at all conference levels as those two did. And, and in Vilma's case, All-American level. You learn so much about the game that you think you might know this or that. You might understand all the nuances and the minutia that follows. And then those two tell you, let me tell you about what it's like for Manny Diaz to be your defensive coordinator at Texas. Let me tell you how they motivated you and what it's like, Jonathan Vilma, to be on that unbelievable collection of talent that included the likes of Sean Taylor and Clinton Portis, and Frank Gore, Andre and Johnson. Willis McGahee, huh? Andre Johnson. And Andre Johnson, and on and on and on. Jeremy Shockey and Greg Olson. It's an embarrassment of riches to go through that roster and to have the opportunity to chat about what those practices were like with Jonathan Vilma and the fact that the vast majority of their games were much easier than any practice they had. That was my conversation with Vilma on the way to the airport on Tuesday. Who gets to do that? I do. It's awesome. Should have practiced a little harder for the National Championship game. Oh, the hate is rolling. The hate is rolling out of Columbus. Anyway, uh, just a, such a fun week. And, and, and getting to host college football live alongside those two, I had so much fun. And, and, and the conversation and the debate, the heated debate that we got into on Tuesday – with those two and with Tim Hasselbeck, was so fun. And it centered on all the rage at ESPN right now, which is position you. And Travis and I will get into our own debate about position you momentarily. But before we get into that, i got to remind you guys about the difficulty of hiring. Hiring was once hard. Used to be, Travis. Used to be. But guess what? Not anymore. Multiple job sites, you have to go through all these stacks of resumes back in the day. Confusing review processes, not anymore. Today, hiring is easy, and all you have to do is go to one place to get it done, ZipRecruiter.com slash Marty. 
ZipRecruiter sends your job to more than 100 of the web's leading job boards, and they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. You don't have to find them and then go ask them. ZipRecruiter does it. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes every single one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss the perfect match. ZipRecruiter is so effective, in fact, that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter.com find a quality candidate through that site within the first day. First day. And right now, you guys can try ZipRecruiter for free. That is $0.00 and zero cents for free at this exclusive web address. ZipRecruiter.com slash Marty. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash M-A-R-T-Y. ZipRecruiter.com slash Marty. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And I'll tell you what. It's funny. One of our best friends from, from Radford University, Emily Turner, she was here. She just left, in fact. She just now left. She was here all weekend hanging out with Laney while I was in uh, in, the, in the first of the week while I was hanging out at ESPN in Connecticut and going to the beach and having a few drinks and just having a great time and reminiscing. She's a tremendous friend of ours. And she is the Director of Human Resources and Recruiting at Outen Lane, the people who make my suits. They're a custom suit, uh, a custom suit company. All right. They're, uh, my buddy Peyton Jenkins founded that company and they just do an awesome job. Right. And I'm sitting here looking through the, the read that Travis sent me about ZipRecruiter and Emily says ZipRecruiter is like my best friend. I went, what? You should come on a podcast. Like you should come talk about it. But she left, so I'll do it. She uses ZipRecruiter as the lead recruiter for Outen Lane to find quality candidates for that company. And I found that to be so funny because, we're, you know, we're sitting here talking about it, and we know it works. We so if you want to job people at Outen Lane, use ZipRecruiter. Use ZipRecruiter. And we're talking about big-time companies. We're talking about companies that are changing the game. We're talking about innovative employers are leaning on ZipRecruiter just like Outen Lane does. And I, I just found that to be so cool. So y'all go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Marty. Tell them that that's where – tell them we sent you and put your resume up there. All right? And uh, now we're going to get into position you. And McGee is not with us this week. McGee is in St. Lucia. He sent me a photograph of him and Erica, his wife. They were in first class making their way down to St. Lucia for the week. He's probably drunk right now. He, trust me, he's drunk right now. He's having a big time sailing with Captain Morgan, and he deserves it because he's been busting his tail. Actually, it's funny. He was at ESPN on Tuesday, too. Yeah, we didn't meet up because his flight got delayed. We didn't meet up because his flight got delayed, but Travis and I got in the sauce pretty good. Travis and I tossed a few back. And uh, just had a great time, and uh, it was funny that McGee was up there, and it was funny why he was up there. On Tuesday, newly minted University of Miami head coach Manny Diaz was in Bristol doing the car wash. He was on Sports Center, he was on NFL Live, he was on College Football Live with Acho and Vilma and myself, hanging out and, and preaching the U faith. The U is back, we're going to get the swag back, we got the turnover chain. And this is the funny part about it. Manny, many moons ago, Manny was actually a production assistant at ESPN. And Manny's la- the last highlight that Manny cut for Sports Center, guess what it was, Travis Rockhold? I know what it is. It was Tiger Woods 
Sunday performance in the first Masters he ever won in 1997. Manny Diaz, the head coach of the Miami Hurricanes, cut that highlight. Linda Cohn read it, and it was funny. We rolled it back on College Football Live with Manny on the set with us, and he got to relive that and and what a cool moment that was for him. And then he went out the door, and now he is the head coach of his hometown team. Manny is a Miami native. He grew up loving the U-Swag with Bernie Kozar all the way through Ray Lewis, all the way through Ed Reed, who, by the way, was also on Vilma's team. That ain't fair, dude. So hold on like, a second, though. What you're telling me is I could potentially coach at Ohio State? Let's not get carried away, Travis. Uh you know, I'll, I, I'll call Ryan Day for you, just for you. I'll call Coach Day and tell him that I found a diamond in the rough well, who is passionate about Ohio State football. I was told on Twitter yesterday by an employee on Ryan Day's staff that I could be Brutus, and so I'm, I'm screen grabbing that tweet and, <laughs> and using it. Uh, Mark Pantone said that I could be Brutus. Brutus even liked the tweet. Uh, so I feel like at least one game this year I should be allowed to be Brutus. No, we're gonna pull that off. We're yes. doing that for the Michigan game. All right. No, it's I don't want to go. I don't want to go up to that. This, that you state. don't want to go to TTUN. No, it's you don't want to go to Harbaugh's it house. Smells man? like hot dog water. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take like a, an, a uh, you know, like a game against Indiana or something. Nice cool uh, fall game. Uh, all right. Well, you'd look good with that big old fat head on your melon. I think so too. Running around in striped pants on. Does the Buckeye wear striped pants? Uh, he's got like football pants. Does he have football pants on? Yeah. All I know is that big old head. Yeah, he's that got, big he's old got like, smiley Buckeye he's head. He's got like scarlet pants with like a you know, white trim down the side. I see. You look good in that, man. I think so too. That'd be a real good look for you. Yeah. I'm calling Pantone myself. We're gonna make that happen. <laughs> hey, Buckeye, I know you're listening. You're taking the Indiana game off this year. Travis Rockhold. He's going to put on that big old fat Buckeye head, and he's going to run around. He's going to make people che- scream and cheer, and he's going to scare kids half to death. I just want the T-shirt gun to shoot. I always want to shoot a couple of shirts off. I know, and you. Yeah, knowing, I know you. You'll get the T-shirt gun, and you'll find people wearing Indiana shirts, and you'll blast them. Oh, I didn't actually think about that. But. That's exactly what you'll do. You remember that You remember that, that viral video when that moose – I think himself? it was a minor league baseball game, and that moose shot itself right in the balls. Yes. Remember that? I will make sure that, not to do that. That was hilarious. Make sure the gun's pointing the right way, dude. Yeah, I won't do that. Uh, speaking of Ohio State, Ohio State is very well represented in position U. Let me explain to you guys what position U is. It's all the rage at ESPN right now. It's on every single show from NFL Live to College Football Live. We spent the entire first block of the show, 10 or 12 minutes on Tuesday on College Football Live discussing this and debating this. And here's what it is. Our ESPN analytics team released the position U rankings, which dug deep into the numbers to find out which schools produce the best players at each position in the BCS and college football playoff eras. That goes back to 1998. All right, The calculations are the result of a combination of four different criteria. First, first-team all-conference awards. Then there's consensus all-American selections, NFL draft position, and NFL production. Naturally, on the show, we started with quarterback. 
The first school on the list at number five is Florida State. FSU, of course, produced Heisman winners Chris Winkie and Jameis Winston, as well as first-round picks in E.J. Manuel and Christian Ponder. Number four was Texas. Texas churns out talent like Major Applewhite, Chris Sims, Vince Young, and my dude, Colt McCoy. That guy down there right now, Sam Ellinger, he ain't bad either. Oregon, Joey Harrington, Marcus Mariota, current signal caller, Justin Herbert, whom many believe could be a Heisman candidate this season. Some aren't sold, trust me, I heard it all day on Tuesday uh, in studio. Oklahoma is number two, OU speaks for itself. Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Sam Bradford, all are Heisman winners, all are number one overall picks in the NFL draft. And number one, Southern California. Guys like Carson Palmer, Matt Leinart, Mark Sanchez, who just signed on at ESPN, welcome brother, and my dude Sam Darnold. All right, and that's just that's just a few of them. It's hard to even believe that Matt Castle, people forget that Matt Castle played at Southern California. He had a better pro career than he did uh, in a, a college career. I mean, it used to be if you go to USC, you were just assumed that you're going to be a first-round draft pick at the quarterback position. Yep, no doubt. And so that's our quarterback list. All right, it's FSU at five, Texas four, Oregon three, number two, Oklahoma, number one, Southern California. And to Travis's point, for the last however many years, you go to Southern Cal and you play quarterback, you got a chance to win a Heisman, you're probably going to be a first-round draft pick. And it's so interesting when you look – I mean, like, think about teams like Louisville. All right, Louisville was number six on the list. They had Chris and, – and these guys were all so good at the collegiate level. Chris Redman, Brian Brom, Teddy Bridgewater, Lamar won the Heisman. Ballers, man, right? And it's so – like, Virginia Tech's funny, man. Uh, Acho, Emmanuel Acho wrote in uh, this email chain that we had. He's like, Michigan should be on the list just for Tom Brady alone. Yeah, but I mean, he was barely seeing the field at Michigan. Well, don't matter, son. He got six rings, NFL player of the year, however many times. Giselle Bunchins, his wife. I mean, dude, he's got it good. Got his own, got it. He got his own fitness program. That TB12. I'm surprised you're not on the TB12. Someday I might be when I stop drinking beer. Maybe don't, when I'm 75. Don't do that. No, I'm not going to stop drinking beer. So I just found that list to be really cool and interesting. And I, I was giving Acho some grief. I'm like, well, what about Virginia Tech? If you're going to throw Tom Brady in there, you better throw Michael Vick in there. Because you want to talk about unbelievable individual performers. There's never been a more electric college football player. And, yes, I'm stamping this. I'm drawing this line in the sand. There's never been a more electric college football player and quite quite possibly football player, period. He changed the game. Then Michael Vick. The, the, the school that I'm wondering about is NC State with Phillip Rivers, Jacoby Brissett, Mike Glennon's in the league. Yeah. Do you get credit for Russell Wilson? They just had Ryan, I don't know if you get credit for Russell Wilson. Even if Wilson. you don't, they just had Ryan Finley drafted like – Yep. You know, listen. The interesting part about the data, though, the interesting part about the data is it doesn't provide for longevity. It doesn't provide for tenure in the league. I, I forget, but I think it's like the first four years of the, of the, uh, of your time in the NFL is what is taken into account. 
I need to find that Which out. Which is why, like, as much as I love Ohio State at the quarterback position, them being in the top 10 seems a bit of a stretch considering it's Craig Krenzel, Troy Smith, Terrell Pryor, who's a receiver, JT Barrett, and now Dwayne Haskin. They're, they're 10th, but if you take what they did at the college level, you've got a Heisman Trophy, a national champion, a uh, Heisman Trophy finalist, you know, yada, yada, yada. It makes sense why they're up there. It does. It makes perfect sense why they're up there. Uh, I mean, look, Troy Smith, Troy Smith was a total, total dog. I mean, that guy willed teams to victories. And I, lo- I loved watching him play. And then you have OU. Uh, as I, st- as I said, Bradford, Murray, and, and Mayfield, all Heisman winners, all number one overall picks. Uh, Baker had a tremendous rookie season. Bradford, couldn't escape injury, but when he was healthy, he played well. Everybody always raved about what he could do when he was healthy. Jason White, people forget him. Jason White won a Heisman, dude. People forget about that. I mean, he won a Heisman Trophy at Oklahoma. And then you could go ahead and just pencil in Jalen Hurts. For this Everybody year. wonders how Jalen will do. I think Jalen's going to ball I th- out. I think man. it's a it's a mistake if you're going to doubt Jalen Hurts this year. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about Jalen. Jalen's attitude and Jalen's humility and the, the, the inner fire that burns within Jalen and the will that Jalen carries. I know that young man. I have spent a lot of time with that young man. I appreciate him so much for the way that he handled what happened at Alabama. He got benched in the national championship game. Tua Tagovailoa wrote a movie script. He came back the next year, he being Jalen. He battled for the position, got beat out for the position by Tua. Tua goes on to have a record-setting season as a quarterback at Alabama, suffers an injury, multiple injuries in fact, and cannot perform at the level at which he expects and, and, and Coach Saban and that staff expected in an SEC championship game. Gets hurt, right? Jalen comes in. Jalen writes a movie script. Well, and also with Jalen, he saves the day, but if you go back and actually watch the film, massive improvements with his arm in that game that I think people are forgetting about because they're just looking at the big story of him saving the season. This dude is a different dude than when we last saw him, and now put him with Lincoln Riley. No question. No question. He's able to stretch the field now. He's learned how to throw the football, and we all know he can run it, and he's learned how to throw it. And under Lincoln and that staff, the development that he's going to make in the system in which he's going to play, man, he's going to put up some crazy numbers. And again, I appreciate the man. Though he's going, he is going to lead that bunch and they're going to make a lot of noise in the Big 12 and in the national narrative in 2019. So let's, let's discuss one more position. Let's transition the, the over position. to the position. Let's transition over to the position that started this whole mess, that started this debate, that is defensive back. All right. LSU claims it's DBU. <laughs> Florida claims it's DBU. Virginia Tech too. But guess who's number one on the list? It's none of those schools. It's Travis's the Ohio State Buckeye. It's not even close. Listen to this list, man. This list is just ridiculous. Twelve defensive backs from Ohio State 
have been drafted in the first round since 1998. Twelve of them. That's the most in college football. Ahmed Plummer, Antoine Winfield, Bradley Roby, Chris Gamble, Denzel Ward, Dante Whitner, Eli Apple, Garyon Conley, Malcolm Jenkins, Malik Hooker, Marshawn Lattimore, Nate Clements. Last year, Ohio State defensive backs picked off 14 passes in the NFL. Go look at the Saints. They're, 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 the secondary is basically Ohio State players. It's unbelievable how much talent. And then, see, I don't remember. I was trying to bring up, you know, I was trying to bring up guy, you forget, this list is 1998 till now. You think of like, you were trying to bring up like a Sean Springs. I was trying to bring up Sean Springs. And I tried to bring up, you know, kind of piggybacking off of Acho's commentary about Tom Brady at quarterback. I was trying to make the point that there is but one Heisman winner on the defensive side of the football ever, and that Heisman winner just happens to have been the NFL Rookie of the Year, oh, and the NFL Defensive Player of the Year, oh, and a a Super Bowl winner, oh, and a College Football Hall of Famer, Charles Woodson. Well, guess what? Charles Woodson's last season was what, Travis? 1997. So it doesn't even apply to this data. Darn. (laughs) Who was it? Man, I forget who it was that ran that punt back for a touchdown against Ohio State. Who was that? I don't know what you you're talking that, about. Travis? You remember? You remember who did that? I don't Shoot. like this. I don't like this, Marty. That's a, that's escaping me right now. I can't. I can't remember. Maybe we'll have to look that up. No, we can just keep moving on. Like to, to LSU, they want to claim their DBU, which is really cute. Four DBs picked in the top ten since '98. Like, yeah, but this did that. Okay, here's that list. Let's read off that list. All right, President Maul, Jamal Adams, LaRon Landry, Mo Claiborne, and P2. Listen, those are some straight ball players. And the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, isn't even on this list. He's one of the best DBs in the league, dude. Listen, I'm just going by the stats. And if you want to just open up for the entire draft, most DBs drafted since 2000. Until to 2019, Ohio State has 29. LSU's got 23. Like, we're just putting them out at a higher rate. It is. It's just remarkable. It's funny because recruiting is so vital today in college football, more so than ever. And there's this select group of schools that are always in that narrative. It's Bama. It's Clemson. It's Ohio State. It's LSU. Now Texas A&M. And what's the – it used to be FSU. Jimbo Fisher, right? Jimbo's taking that, and 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 A and M's going to be in that group every single year. USC Michigan's used to be in that there. List. It's so important. It's we, the we, we we put so much emphasis on oh, Georgia. We left Georgia out. Georgia's always in that narrative now. Kirby's doing a tremendous job. And when you think about, there's another word that is so vital. We spend so much time talking about recruiting. And in today's college football, recruiting is so important. There are, there, there are a certain select group of teams that are always in that national narrative at this, in this era of college football. It's Bama, it's Clemson, it's Georgia, it's Ohio State, Michigan, used to be Florida State, Texas A&M is now in that narrative. And guess why? Jimbo Fisher. Uh, and then it's, it's so cyclical, right? There are, there are teams that always were in that narrative. Texas, FSU, 
There, there are others. It's an art form too. It used to be like you'd have one or two people on your staff that handled kind of the recruiting board and that, and now it's departments. And then these, the recruiting directors have their own like coaching trees now where then their people that they're training are going off and starting their own departments with these other schools. And it's, That's right. I mean, it is a whole thing now. And you, you know, people will mock the whole five star, three star and watching 17, 18 year olds play high school football, but Nick Saban doesn't win national championships without recruiting urban meyer is an urban meyer without recruiting it is the lifeblood but there's yes getting the talent in the door is utterly vital but there's another variable that i don't believe we talk enough about player development right now what separates good and elite in college football is player development and player development we see at bama we see at clemson Listen to the, okay, on this list, there were eight different positions ranked in the position you listings. Alabama ranks among the top ten in six of those eight. Alabama. All right, listen to this crazy stat, Travis. Alabama has produced 29 first-round draft picks in the Saban era, 11 more than any other school during that span. Saban has more first-rounders than he does losses at Alabama. 24 first-round picks, just 21 losses. Alabama has had the top recruiting class in six of the past eight years. That is unbelievable. It's so hard. You go ask your boy Urban Meyer. You go ask Kirby Smart. Certainly ask Saban and Dabo. You're bringing these guys in, and you're not promising them the opportunity to play. You're promising them the opportunity to earn the right to play. And some of these guys who end up being all conference, they don't play as sophomore, uh, freshmen and sophomores. They sit and watch better guys, more developed guys, more experienced guys, teach them how. Well, that goes now, back certainly to, there are exceptions. That goes back to what Manny Diaz was saying. The practices is where the competition was at. Man, it's just fascinating. It's the whole, uh, the position you debate is so fun. We could do it all day long and I enjoyed it so thoroughly. Well, what I love about it too is the current players at these schools take, take that with such pride that they want to prove that, you know, they're DBU. And so they're out there tweeting about it. And so when they make, they're making plays and after the game, they're, so it gets a little fun rivalries between teams that, are only going to play each other in the college football playoffs. You get LSU and Ohio State talking trash, and we're only going to see each other in the CFP. I know. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. I love God. God bless God. We are – think about this. It is – we are taping this on July 24th. One month. One month. We're kicking off a of football in one month. One month from Miami versus Florida, which is a game that should always happen every year. It's going to be fantastic. You know, it's it's interesting to me that the narrative has now returned about about college football rivalries and the classic ones. And the one that's on everybody's mind right now is Texas A&M and Texas renewing that rivalry. That must happen. Yes. That must happen because what Tom Herman, what your boy Tom Herman has done at Texas is phenomenal. They have, you know, that they have, they have re-elevated Texas back to national prominence, back to the, to, to the, to the national narrative. 
And what Jimbo's doing at A&M has elevated Texas A&M back to the national narrative. They both have great quarterbacks in Sam Ellinger and Kellen Mond. Gotta happen, man. And I don't know, I don't know their schedules. I don't know the soonest that it could happen. It's probably 10 years from now for all I know. If they want to make it happen, they can make it next year. They need to, man. They need to because like, listen, man, Tom, Tom Herman, he's full of piss and vinegar, man. He ain't here to be your friend. And neither is Jimbo. Jimbo, Jimbo's full of piss and vinegar too. They're not here to be your buddy. They're here to whip your tail. And I really like both guys. I, I got to know Herman just a little bit my very first year. He, people forget. People wonder why JT Barrett was so good at Ohio State for a certain period of time. People wonder how Cardell Jones was able to come in as a third-string player and all of a sudden Travis Rockhold's Ohio State Buckeyes are a vertical team with Devin Smith on the perimeter and that crazy wealth of talent that they had. Tom Herman. Tom Herman is why. The preparation that he instilled within those young men in the quarterback room and the self-confidence that he instilled within Braxton, Miller, J.T. Barrett, Cardale Jones mattered so much. Mm -hmm. And he leaves at the beginning of the 2015 season, right? Yes. And all of a sudden people are like, well, what happened? Well, guess what happened? He left. One of college football's greatest offensive minds went and took another team. total stud. And he's got players at Texas. He's continuing to get better ones. We got to get Tom Herman on this podcast. We got to get Jimbo on this podcast, man. I'll, I'll reach out to Texas Tom. Let's do it, dude. And Let's here, get him on here. Let's talk ball. Here's the other thing that with college football a month away, the potential rematches of quarterbacks that transferred that we could get in the college football playoff. You have Jacob Eason up at Washington. You've got Justin Fields at Ohio State. You've got Jalen Hurts. You've got Joe Burrow. All these players could face their former team they transferred from in the college football playoffs this year. It is truly the year of the quarterback in 2019. I talked about this on College Football Live with Emmanuel and with Jonathan. When you go through the list of players, and this is off the top of my head, Travis, so you can fill in the blanks if I miss anybody. All right, you got Trevor Lawrence. You have Tua Vailoa, who finished runner-up for the Heisman last season you have jake Fromm in athens who's going to start for the third consecutive years and because jake Fromm is so good justin fields leaves athens and heads to columbus where he'll probably be the quarterback for the ohio state buckeyes don't forget jacob eason who granted suffered an injury he leaves georgia to head home to washington i expect crazy numbers from you talk about unbelievable tools Huge. I mean, like he's six five, six six, big, wide. Like, just he's going to throw for a lot of yards at Washington this year. All right, Mart- Tate Martell leaves Columbus. He heads to Coral Gables to play for Manny at the U. Don't know whether he'll even win that job yet. Don't know. Yeah, but Chuck- he's a very talented runner. The question for Tate is: Can you throw the football? Right? Can you stretch the field as a passer? That's very important. All right. So you got Tate in Coral Gables. Okay. Then you go to, you go to Columbia, Missouri. Kelly Bryant leaves Clemson. He heads up to play for our guy Barry Odom at Missouri. It's just 
that Jalen Hurts leaves Tuscaloosa. Jalen's in Oklahoma, playing for Lincoln Riley now in Norman. You got Sam Ellinger at Texas. You got Justin Herbert over at Oregon. It's crazy. You know who I'm excited to watch this year? Scott Frost with Adrian Martinez. Very good point. And under the radar, Martinez is a great player. Scott Frost has his guy. Yep. And you know what? Scott told me that climbing through the Grand Canyon. He said to me, just remember this name. And he told me the name. And I love that Scott has that guy that he, that he knows is a baller, that he knows is going to lead his men, that can be that coach on the field and be that mind on the field. So fun. It I, is. I think they're going to win the Big Ten West. I would love that for him. It's, it's Listen, a man, you, I wrote all this in my book, which comes out in less than two weeks. That is insane to me. It's called Never Settle. If you haven't pre-ordered it, you can do that right now. Uh, one of the experiences that I've chronicled in great depth in, in my book is climbing through the Grand Canyon with Coach Frost. And what what that experience was like and what it told me about him as a man and as a leader and during that during that time him discussing the passion for nebraska what i mean he he is a he is a native son he is nebraska born and raised played for tom osborne the patriarch of nebraska football and he's trying to return that glory to his home state and his alma mater and i just think it's so awesome he is a no nonsense man of few words, who does not demand anything of his players that he will not do himself. That's why he climbed his rear end through the Grand Canyon in the heat of the summer. And I admire him big time. I got nothing. Okay, that was a great comment by Travis, ladies and gentlemen. I was was just watching SEC Network because right now is uh, the Marty McGee takeover uh, I, I'm just wondering why you guys didn't put the Ohio State Alabama Sugar Bowl in your lineup. I requested that. I thought I, you guys would at least give me one request. I'm just curious. Uh, well, you know how special that game is for me. That game was my indoctrination into covering college football for ESPN. And there's a phenomenal story about that week. And back to my book, I chronicle, I mean, you talk about in depth. I put all the details of that experience in the book and how I got to know Urban Meyer and the relationship that was built as a result of ESPN believing enough in me and the passionate approach I take to, took to reporting NASCAR that they transitioned me to college football. It just doesn't happen, man. It's a unicorn scenario where a sports-centric guy like me who covered auto racing, which is kind of its own island anyway, you know what? We think you belong in college football. It's just uh, when, when I th- it's not lost on me. I will never get used to these opportunities. I was just giddy getting to sit in the studio with Acho and Vilma the other day and Hasselbeck talking ball with these guys that, you know, I've watched and and admired. Jonathan Vilma was one of you talk about dogs. He was a bad. He was a bad ass, straight up 
bad ass. And such a kind guy. I feel like he could still, like, I feel like he could still go out there. He is still Jack. He still has that look in oh, his eye, man. Like, we need to get Vilma on here too, dude. Let's get Vilma on here and go through his story. Cause, I mean, he, again, that ride to the airport on Tuesday, the conversation he and I had, I could have gone, I could have gone on and on. Just and if on. you could, Marty, just, just uh, leave a review with Vilma's name and then I will get to it. <laughs> All right, that's enough. We've we've uh, we've exhausted it today, man. And I, thanks for hanging out with me, Travis, and talking ball. I appreciate you, brother. I'm proud of you, and I'm so appreciative of you. Uh, so now your homework. Travis's homework is he's got to go get me Tom Herman, Jimbo Fisher, and Jonathan Vilma. No problem. Well, that's I th- easy. I think we might we're not we might have a big name guest next week. Not uh, uh, an athlete, but a big name. Um, next Monday, so I'm hoping that will land. So people should be looking out for next podcast too, because I think it'll, it'll be, be a, a phenomenal good... conversation. Yes. Phenomenal conversation, and I appreciate all the work you do to do. On top of all your other jobs, this is Travis's like eighth different job. Appreciate that, man, and I'm I'm so thankful that Louise gave us this opportunity, and I'm abundantly, overwhelmingly appreciative of Dan Levitard and. Stu and Mike Ryan and everybody involved in the Levitard and Friends podcast network, the fact that they believe in us. Look, I know for a fact that their belief in us and enveloping us in their network has fostered tremendous listenership for Travis and myself with the Marty Smith America Project because I hear that. I see that on social media. People tell me that in airports, man. The only reason I even know about Marty Smith America is because of Levitard. And so we're so appreciative of that. And I want you guys to know this. This is important before we get out of here this week. This Week in Marvel is an official Marvel podcast that covers everything from comic books to film, TV shows to games, and much more. Each week, you'll hear from your favorite faces in the Marvel Universe. This Week in Marvel visits the sets of the newest Marvel TV shows, take a deep dive into the comics, and hear directly from the people behind the massive Marvel Cinematic Universe. Catch This Week in Marvel every Friday, wherever you listen to your podcasts. I feel like McGee should host our, that our, thing. Our boy McGee should be hosting it at... Gracious sakes, not, that's like... listen to it. That's right up his alley. That's, that's in his wheelhouse, That's all dude. he does is uh, drink Captain and watch Marvel. Drink Captain and wear a Captain America t-shirts. You know he's wearing it out there on at St. Lucian. People are going, who is this hillbilly? He's probably wearing his uh, Captain America Speedo. Imagine that. Imagine McGee in a Speedo. That'd be unfortunate. That's the last. McGee's probably one of those dudes that wears his Marvel Speedo and some Antivas. (laughs) That's the last image I need is McGee in a Speedo. Imagine if he had his old mullet, too. Oh, dude, he could have flown away off that boat. I mean, he, yeah, he, he would have been in St. Lucia just oh. like, he, he would, he would have gone parasailing and he wouldn't have even needed a parachute, son. He could have oh, just flo- floated, floated on a cord. Oh, we love him. We love him like, we love him so much. We're proud of him. So y'all check out this week in Marvel. If you're a comic book person, if you love Marvel movies, make sure you go check out this week in Marvel. It's a podcast that you'll love. And before we get out of here, thanks so much to our local law enforcement. All our men and women in uniform in the U.S. military all around the world keeping us free. I met a guy in the Philadelphia airport this week sitting there all by himself wearing a a Vietnam veteran hat. And I walked over and I asked him if he'd tell me about his service. And he he was so 
taken aback by the question. And it's just something that those guys don't talk about very much. It's something they lived hell. They lived hell. And just taking a second to say thank you uh, means the world to them. So do it. Take the time to do it. I appreciate y'all listening so much. Uh, what a fun conversation. God bless college football. As Travis said, as we tape this, we are one month out from kicking that thing off. I cannot wait. Appreciate y'all. We'll try to do better next time. This is the Marty Smith's America podcast. Have a wonderful week.